Welcome to The Pew, the place where everyday guys talk about everyday things in front of the one person who can do something about it, Jesus Christ. Now here's your host, just a guy in the pew, John Edwards. Welcome back to The Pew, everybody. I am your host, John Edwards, and here to the left of me, as always, is my co-host and cohort, Victor Adams. Hey, John. How you doing, man? Pretty good, man. Just got yeah. back from a week of vacation and some speaking engagements and just feel refreshed and ready back to be back here in The Pew with you this week. Sounds good, man. Been missed you, but I'm glad you had a good time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's been a while since we were able to get away and, and actually spend more than a few days out doing something. So Angela and I and the family were really looking forward to it. And I also had the opportunity to speak at St. Brendan's Parish in, in uh, coming Georgia to, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a couple hundred guys and really enjoyed that. It was a great experience. And, you know, that's something that we're hoping to do more of here um, now that things are opening back up, you know, there's a lot more events that are starting to happen in person sure, yeah. again. And so, you know, anybody out here that's listening to the show, just take a minute to tell you that, you know, I do go and speak at, at, at different things, you know, men's conferences, uh, retreats, parish talks, high schools, young adult talks. I've done a lot of these things. I love to do it. I love to go be in person with guys and, and just to share about the faith and, and, you know, what we've done here on the podcast, you know, what we talk about here all the time and what we've done in our men's group and just continue to talk about things like my conversion story or just living virtuously or all those things so if you, you if you're a fan of the show and you you know you listen to us you found uh, some healing or some help in what we've done uh and you're a guy that wants to try to you know put together a group of men in your parish or something i'd love to come and speak to them and you can you can find out all the details about that there's a book me you know, book john on the on the website just a guy on the pew.com and that's where you can submit and me or, or amy uh, my assistant will will reach back out and we'll see what kind of event you got and how we can help but it's something we love to do it also helps support the ministry too so um you know there's a lot of good reasons there but i know um that i personally enjoy that very much going and speaking to men and just meeting guys around the country and you know just guys that have been listening to the show and everything mm-hmm. so if that's something you're looking to do to have an event like that your peers like i said you can go to book me on the just a guy on the pew page uh, I also want to say thank you to Covenant Eyes. They're you know still here uh, sponsoring us each and every show. We appreciate it. You know, if you guys, I won't I won't talk too long about it because I talk about it every show. But these guys are crucial uh, in your fight against pornography if you're struggling. You've got to have something that keeps that stuff out of your view that that alerts someone else when you're having a temptation. And Covenant Eyes does all of that. So look, if you're on this road to holiness and virtue, don't let lust and pornography and these things you know trip you up on that journey. Get Covenant Eyes today. You can go to start.covenanteyes.com slash pew, and you can get a 30-day free trial there and see if it works for you and your family. I know it will. I use it in my household, and it's been very successful, or it's helped me be very successful uh, when I have temptations and things like that, too. So go and check them out. Also, guys, we have a new store opened up. You know, we talked about that on the, uh, the last show. We've got some new items in there, some uh, T-shirts that weren't on there before. We've got some uh, five-by-five round car magnets with just a guy in the pew. All that's on there. The coffee mugs, the shirts. So you can all buy them now. It's not about signing up at some level and getting it. You can go in there and buy whatever you want, and it's shipped right to your door. And, it, you know, you can wear your just a guy in the pew merchandise or, or drink your coffee out of it or whatever you mm-hmm. want to do, put a beer in the koozie, whatever you want to do. But all of it goes to support the ministry as well, too. But So you could support that along the way while getting to enjoy some of that great merchandise, too. Uh, the last thing I'll talk about is the community. You know, that thing just continues to take off. We've got guys signing up each and every week in that. Um, a lot of – it's it's a new thing away from Patreon. So 
What I like about it is it's all in one spot. It's all on the website. Once you're logged in, you're in, and you get all the exclusive interviews that we do with guys like Dr. Peter Kreeft and Chris Stefanik and, and all the ones that we've done those interviews with. You get the deeper dives on the podcast. You get uh, access to the member Zoom hangouts where once a month I jump on there with any guys that want to come on there and hang out and talk and just a great time getting to know each other. It's building that brotherhood within the community. Uh, we also have some courses that are going to be coming out on leadership and some other things there uh, and deeper dives into some of the content that we talk about on the podcasting courses. And then you'll also, when you sign up for that community, you'll get access, early bird access to everything. So if we do a retreat, which we are planning right now and hopefully going to get to uh, do here in the fall, then you'll get first uh, first dibs at getting to sign up for that because there'll be limited space in a lot of these retreat centers. So you get early bird access to all of that. Cool. Any new uh, interviews that are be coming up that you might want to? Yeah. So plug, we've got Father one one's coming up with Father Tim Gallagher mm-hmm. um, on uh, discernment of spirits. I just uh, did one with Dr. Peter Crave that comes out tomorrow. Um, and there's two or three other ones. Father Larry Richards is one that's going to be coming out. Uh, there's a few more coming down the pipe that I'm trying to work out getting scheduled here mm-hmm. now. But, yeah, we're going to continue to seek out, you know, the professionals, the real, the people that have a lot of experience in right. some of these certain contents, right? Like Dr. Kreef is great about talking about suffering. He wrote a book on it. So that's what he's going to talk about tomorrow when that's released. Um, you know, but we also are – we've talked to Chris Stefanik about wokeism, Bill Donahue about transgenderism. We've talked, um, you know, to so many different people about a lot of different things. And we really try to do that based off of what guys are emailing in, what guys are sharing on these members, uh, Zoom hangouts and things that they're really struggling with or they want help with in their life. Right. And so I try to go out and find people that are really good at talking about those things and, and hopefully you know can bless the people watching the show with, with some answers maybe they're looking for. Because we know what's in our wheelhouse and what's not in our wheelhouse. Right, right. right well, right. I mean, we could talk about those things, but you know, if you've got a, a you know a Michael Jordan on the bench somewhere, why not put him in the game, right? So, exactly. Yeah. So those guys are always willing to do that, and Sister Miriam's been on there too. It's not just guys. There's all you know. We're gonna have Sonia Corbett and some other women on too, but we're gonna continue to do that and, and, to, and to bring those things to you. But anyway, I want to jump into the show. You know, like I said, we I just got back in town Saturday. Uh, great trip. You know, over in the Georgia mountains, it was really relaxing. And, you know, went to Mass Sunday in our parish, and it was nice to be back and be there with everybody and celebrate our uh, Father Michael as he's getting ready right. to move to another parish. Um, and, you know, if you were paying attention to the readings yesterday, you, you know, you know that we talked about the hemorrhaging woman, and then we talked about, um, uh, the what is his name? Jamir, uh, what is his name? Jameer's. What's that? Jairus. Jairus. I keep yeah, saying Jairus. Sorry. <laughs> Slip of the tongue. You said Jairus' Jamer- daughter. No. Something like that. <laughs> yeah. Jairus' daughter. You know, yeah. those readings where we see people that are having people in their lives healed, either themselves or mm-hmm. someone they know healed because of their belief. And, you know, as I was reading those things, you know, a lot of times I've talked about on the show, you read scripture at different points in your life, and it just means different things to you. Now, mm-hmm. those are scriptures you've read, I've read. A lot of the guys that are listening on here have probably read or heard at Mass a million times. But it just kind of struck me as... You know, what was different with those two? And why does Jesus want those particular stories in the Bible? With mm-hmm. some of the other ones, the, the centurion, you know, that we say in Mass every uh, every time we go, I'm not worried that you should enter under my roof with the I healing of his word, servant, right? right? Um, uh, the blind men that are healed, all these people. And it, a lot of the times when they're healed, Jesus talks about it's because of their belief. And so I was sitting there yesterday pondering this after the, after the uh, Mass and in the afternoon just thinking about the show today and i was like man the question kept popping up are we part of the faith or do we have faith are we mm-hmm. part of a faith or do we have faith 
And you may be thinking, what does that mean? Like, I mean, we are part of the faith. You're Catholic, you're part of the faith. But what I'm asking is, like, are we just part of something? Have we signed up for something like a club or anything like that? And are we really participating? You know, are we in the faith? Are we part of a faith? Or do we have faith ourselves? And the difference in that is, is really, do we believe? You know, do we believe everything that we've read, everything that we've heard, everything that Jesus can do in our lives? Do we have true belief in that? Or is it something that we've talked about like before where we've just, we're simply going to church because our family did it or because, you know, we think it's morally right mm-hmm. and, you know, we're going to keep our toe in the water in case that's what gets us into heaven, right? right? Because we want we want that eternal life with God. Or we, we maybe it's more we don't want to go to hell for a lot of people, right? Um, and so we, we go along with these things, but do we truly believe? Because you, you look at, for instance, like the story of the hemorrhaging woman, you know, she says, if I even touch his garments, I shall be made well. Before she's ever been around Jesus, before she's ever seen that we know of Jesus in person, she already believes that he can do whatever it right. is that he wants. And, you know, in that reading, it says that people pressed upon him, the great crowd pressed upon him. So I was sitting there thinking, man, other people had to have touched his clothes, right? If mm-hmm. you have that many people around you, he's got to be bumping up against somebody. What was so special about this woman? And it was her belief. Right, he turned around and says, "Who touched me?" He knows who touched her, mm-hmm. but he's calling this out so that we can see that it's not just about following him. Right, it's not just about being in this big crowd that's surrounding him, walking around him, you know, caring about what he's doing and not caring about what he's doing, but actually believing with all of our heart the way that this woman did, and so many others did in the scriptures. Well, he allowed her to witness her faith publicly. Yeah, you know, and, and I think if I'm correct me if I'm wrong, but women weren't supposed to touch rabbis or, or teachers, you know? I mean, mm-hmm. it was kind of the thing, you weren't supposed to do that. That's why it's secret, she kind of like reached the, the, it was like a tassel of his, um, I don't know what it's called, but it's like a Jewish uh, wardrobe. Mm-hmm. It's like tassels, she's gonna reach out and touch that. That's all I need to do, because I'll be healed. But if I make a commotion and come towards him, you know, then maybe, you know, I might get in trouble for that. Yeah. Because I'm breaking some kind of law, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but because of that, he he showed her that she was daughter of Jerusalem, right? Or daughter of Israel. Mm-hmm. He pretty much said, you you are born of this great faith of from Abraham. Mm-hmm. You deserve to be healed, and I want people to see your faith. Yeah. Yeah. But the other thing, too, though, is, is it just really witnessed her belief. Like, he was sure. taken aback by that. There's so many times where you can see in the scriptures where he calls that out specifically. You know, with, with uh, Jairus' daughter, come and lay your hands on her so that she may be made well and live. That's what he said to Christ. I mean, it was that total belief, right? Mm-hmm. In, in that all I have to do is go find you, and if you come with me, my daughter will be healed. Right? This isn't someone that they say followed him or or was a disciple of his. Right. This he was, was a, a leader. random person. He was a leader. Was he leader of the synagogue in that, area? Uh, I don't in that know. region? I think yeah, so. yeah, I don't know the history of it, but yeah. I know that... But he was just a guy that came up and, and had that great faith, right? That mm-hmm. that belief. Um, another one is blind Bartimaeus, you know, where he says, Son of David, have pity on me. Master, I want to see. And Jesus says specifically, Jesus told him, go your way. Your faith has saved you because he believed, right? It's that belief in the faith. That belief is the difference in following Jesus as an active disciple, sold out disciple, or being someone else along for the ride, right? I mean, St. Augustine says, faith is to believe what you do not see. The reward of this faith is to see what you believe, right? So often, 
we it's easy for us to say that I'm Catholic or that I'm part of this organization, but are do we truly believe in what's been asked of us, right? That that's what makes the difference. That's what was different in that crowd. You had so many people that were just following Jesus around because that's what people did, right? But this woman stood out, the hemorrhaging woman, for her belief in him, right? That's what made the difference when she touched his cloak and when others might have bumped up against it. It was that he realized this is someone of true belief, right? And I'm going to turn around and recognize this. I'm going to reward that belief Mm -hmm. by healing her. So that's why he gives so many different examples of us because belief, true belief, means everything, right? Being sold out for the Lord means everything. And the people who are you can tell in their lives because they live everything in their life is centered around Jesus. When they eat, they're thinking about Jesus. When they sleep, they're thinking about Jesus. You know, when they're working, they're thinking about Jesus. Their whole life is a priority and is prioritized around Christ. And that's what we need in our own lives, right? Is not to just simply walk in and out of the faith or or just, you know, let Sunday become another day and all those things. But our lives, we, we need to seek encounters with Jesus in our life so that we can continually grow in our belief of everything, right? Because without mm-hmm. without belief, faith is just something else that we're checking a box on, right? Mm-hmm. We have to truly believe in these things and, and seek these experiences with Christ to be able to grow in our faith and become the people that he calls us to be. And I think with both of those examples you, you gave us is that there, there are some point in their life like she was like for years she was suffering with this right mm-hmm. some point she says obviously i've exhausted all my funds i went to the professionals and they couldn't help me what what's left is to go and to just give everything i have internally mm-hmm. and to say i'm here god i'm change me if you can heal me i believe that you can heal me but she had to get to that point right i mean it was it was good that jesus was there in her that time period for her but what he did is that he changed her life by saying Yes, you will be healed. Your faith healed you. And same thing with uh, Jarius. Yeah. Well, and, and that's the thing. I mean, it's what I, the thought that came to mind when I was thinking about all this is that faith without belief is just religion, mm-hmm. right? And if you look up a definition of, of religion, it'll say in one of the definitions, you know, they always give two or three for a word, but it says a series of practices or systems, right? And so often that can be the case with our faith, right? It just becomes a series of practices. It's just things we do, mm-hmm. right? How many times have we talked about you go to Mass and you know, you, you zone out through the entire consecration, right? <laughs> and next thing you know, you're standing up there receiving the Lord, you know, because we're just going through the motions a lot. And these people that that sought out Christ, they gave everything. They said, I believe you can do whatever right. you want, right? Those those two blind men, I mean, it said Jesus said, do you believe that I can do well, this? Well, they recognized the moment. Right. That God was there moving in their life right there and then there. Right, yeah. right. And so... I mean, it's just like he says to those two blind men, do you believe I can do this? This is what's important is Jesus is always asking these people, do you believe? Mm -hmm. Because your faith is what you have to have to change your life, right? I can change your life, but you have to believe I can do it. And there's so many times where guys write into the show, and and I've talked to men just in my travels, and they say, I just don't believe that Jesus, you know, can, can change my life, or I don't believe that I'm worth saving, or I believe that my mistakes are too great for, for anything to overcome, or I don't believe I can be anybody different. And this is where we have to make the decision in our faith mm-hmm. to where we have to throw all of that, all those lies of the devil out the window and say, no, I believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God. I believe that Jesus Christ took on flesh so that he could die and save me from my sins, right? Reconcile me to the father. I believe he can do all things. I believe everything that it happened in the Bible is true because it is inspired word, the inspired word of God, right? It is, 
It is divine revelation, and it is truth that is told in a way that I can, so that I can believe greater in him and believe that he has the power to do whatever he needs to do in my life, right? Those people all came to that point where, like you're saying, no one else could help them. No one else cared. Maybe they found themselves isolated and alone and lost or suffering for many years like she did. And when they got to that point where they said, you know what? I can't do this on my own. I can't. I've sought out all these different things. I have to go to the one who can do it, but I have to believe Mm -hmm. he can do it, right? And that's what we have to believe in our faith is that Jesus wants to do what he says he wants to do, which is to reconcile us, to love us, to to be our brother, right? And to, to reintroduce us to the Father and to build this relationship back from the ground up if necessary. And, and, and reshape the clay that we are. You know, when I had an experience with Christ in jail that we've heard about here a bunch of times on the show. And after that, that experience and that that encounter with him, then I made my, my, my life, my mind up that I was going to change my life for him. And that I believed that he could do something in my life that I couldn't do myself. And that's where we have to get to as men, is, is to seek these encounters, to seek these experiences. Because a lot of times we're just going through our faith. Like I said, you know, you mm-hmm. get up, you might say a quick prayer, you may go to daily mass, who knows, you may go to mass a couple times a week, might go to adoration every once in a while. But are we doing these things to grow in our belief? Are we seeking encounters and experiences with Jesus? Or is it just something else we're doing, right? I mean, I got into a habit for a while going to adoration and just taking a book. And I'm sitting there not paying attention to the fact that I'm in the presence of Christ and just reading, right? I look down, oh, only three more minutes, right? And then I can go home. And the fact is I'm sitting right there in front of Christ. And and now I'm, I'm, I'm I, maybe I'm encountering him in the book I'm reading. But for the most part, I, I mean, I'm sitting there right face to face with the risen Lord. Am I giving myself an opportunity to encounter him, right? To be silent, to listen, to ask him to come more into my life. If you're a guy out here right now that's listening to this and thinking, well, this sounds great. I want to believe more in Jesus, right? I want to know him better. I want him to come more fully into my life. How do I do it? Then you have to start seeking that, right? We have to start asking Jesus to do that. You know, we always talk about how important the relationship with Jesus Christ is in our spiritual walk. If we are finding ourselves far away from the faith, the chances are we have probably let our relationship with Christ slide for some other relationship, some other things in our life, work, whatever it may be, addictions, problems, whatever it is. But we have to start always asking for those encounters. You know, that's one thing I ask every morning is, God, give me give me grace today to, to encounter you in a different way, to experience you in a new way, to, to come to know you in a different way so that I can continue to grow in our relationship and it will strengthen my belief in who you are and what you can do in my life and the life of those around me. And that's what it's about. That's what our faith is about, is being based in this tremendous belief. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why Jesus shows us so many examples in the in the Gospels. And he specifically says to people, it's because of your faith. It's because of your belief that I was able to do this, right? And, and it's, it's almost as if he's trying to show us these examples of the difference between simply following Jesus, being a follower of Jesus, or being a believer of Jesus, right? Because we could follow by going and doing certain things all day. But in our hearts, do we truly believe everything that the church teaches, everything that Jesus has told us? Are, are we living that out in our life? Are we being a living example of that belief in our life? Well, continue on what you're saying about belief. I think yeah. it's very important because not everyone's going to be on the same page with you, yeah. right? I mean, for, for us, you know, luckily, you know, for me, it was a young age. I was able to, to find myself to where I wanted to be in my faith. To you was a, as a moment where it was like intense, right? So mm-hmm. life, everyone has a life altering experience with Christ. 
when they receive him, when they accept him. And the thing is, is that, you know, gentlemen, when, you know, you may be in a spot where you want to be there, but someone else close to your life may not want to be that, go with you in that journey. Sure. And that's okay. But the thing is, is that, you know, in Jairus' daughter, the example where, you know, he got news that his daughter already died, but the, he still had faith that Jesus would lay hands on a healer. But as he got there, guess what? People were rebuking Jesus saying, oh, she's asleep. Yeah. You know, how dare you, you know, kind of rebuke him in a sense. Well, what he did, he had to send everybody out of the house. Yeah. Because if one person there that didn't have the belief, I don't know, I mean, he probably still could have worked a miracle, but he only invited, what, the three, to, the three apostles, Peter, James, and John, and the mother and father to witness this miracle, mm-hmm. right? She woke up and she raised and she ate something mm-hmm. because she received him in yeah. a sense. So, I mean, that's the thing is that when you receive God, you see Christ in your life, there's, the journey's going to be a little different, but yet you're going to have comfort along the way. Yeah, and I mean, one of the biggest things that, that, you know, in our church that you hear a lot is that one-third of the church doesn't believe in the real presence of Christ in the Eucharist. Which is amazing to me. Right. For converts like me, I'm like, dude, that's why I came. Yeah. You know, that's why I'm here. Yeah, but I mean, like, we, right. you know, there's a lot of cradle Catholics that, you know, yeah. you, when you're, when you, you, you've been given a gift from birth, right. a lot of times you don't realize it's a gift. That's not to offend anybody. It's just, you know, sometimes we're just born into something and we don't realize what a gift it is. And that's why converts you hear sometimes have that fire that, you know, like my wife has said, like mm-hmm. you're a convert and you're more excited about the faith than the faith I've had my whole life. Um, but like, if that's you and you're a guy that's out here that thinks, well, I don't know that I really believe in the real presence of Christ in the Eucharist, ask him to reveal himself yeah. to you in that. You know, take that to prayer. Say, Lord, I'm struggling with this and I need you to show me. That's part of the faith is that we have to do our part too. Jesus has opened the door for us to get to heaven, to grow in our faith, to, to have eternal life with them. But we still have to walk through it, right? And so the, a lot of this is our responsibility of asking the Lord to reveal these things to us. You know, growing that relationship right. and that constant conversation. Um, you know, this is a sport analogy for you, but like I remember going a few years ago to... Uh, the Memphis Grizzlies games with my dad all the time. Now the Grizzlies were an average team was of this, average people. Was this pre pre FedEx form or this? No, this is FedEx form. Okay, gotcha. So this was uh, you know back when they didn't have a superstar. They had a couple yeah. of you know okay you know better than average players, and you know my dad and I had gone for a couple of years and they get to the playoffs. They're always seventh or eighth seed. They get knocked out you know in the first round like swept by San Antonio mm-hmm. or something in their heyday with Tim Duncan and all them, and. You know, this one year, my dad and I started going, and the Grizzlies had a good year, and they seemed to be gelling. And, and even though they were still a seventh or eighth seed, they got in the playoffs, and there was something different about them. And I remember showing up with my dad, and in these towel, growl towels, as they called them, were laid on the back of the chairs, mm-hmm. and they said one word: it said "believe." Right? That's all it said was "believe." And you could feel the atmosphere in that place that night, and for that whole entire series of games, that people it became a, a mantra around town: is mm-hmm. "we believe, we believe." And it went from this, okay, it's going to be another year where we go in there and we get our teeth kicked in and we're we're out of the playoffs in five right. seconds to, no, we believe. Like, we believe in this. And people started to be rabid fans. And it just it blew up in the city and this team became beloved. And, and they wound up knocking out the San Antonio Spurs and they went all the way to the Western Conference Finals. They lost there, I think, to the Clippers maybe mm-hmm. or somebody. But it's just when – all it takes is that belief, right? Like in, in that team, you could feel the the entire atmosphere of everything change around that team, and they started to believe they could do it. And that's what belief does, right? I mean, some we could have just a regular old team that's going to get knocked out of the playoff. We can, you know, we can be that way in our faith. 
But when we add that belief, when we really start to say, you know what, I'm, I truly believe in these things, and I'm going to put the work in my life to show that I believe in them so I can grow in my relationship with God, that's when things change. And so that's what I want to talk about real quickly is if you're a guy right now that says, well, how do I start believing more? Like, how do I do that? Right? Either you believe or you don't. That's not true. You have to ask God to to allow for more encounters with him. We need to actively seek to encounter him. We need to seek opportunities in our life to experience him. You know, the more we experience him, the more we come to believe in him. The more our eyes are open to him, the more we see him working in and around us every day. You start to believe because you start to open your eyes to these things that you see and you start going, wow, Jesus isn't in this box. He's not just in, in, in this way and no other way. I see him in everything in the world, in my family, in my friends, in the homeless person on the street, uh, through all of my interactions. And it starts to help you believe in it. But you can also be active in the ways that you seek him, right? Go to retreats. Go to a silent retreat. Go to a men's retreat. You know, do things like that. Go to adoration and, and put the books down. Put your rosary down and just sit there and say, I'm in front of you, Jesus, and I want to know you better. Like, I want you to come into my life more fully. I want to believe the way that I see others believe and help me get to that point. You're the one that can help me believe. You know, but 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 just lead me to the way that you want me to do that. And, and certainly one of those ways is spending more time in prayer, asking all those things of Christ. Um, you know, ask him to come deeper into your life so that you can get to know him and believe in him and ask him to reveal all of these things that he's working his way around your life. Oftentimes people say, well, I can't see Jesus in my life. I physically can't see him. Well, that's why we have to believe those people that Jesus talked about in the Bible, uh, that he healed all these things we've talked about. They didn't know he could do that. Mm -hmm. They, some of them probably had never seen him do it. They'd heard about him doing it, but they believed anyway. And that's what St. Bernard says. He says, I believe though I do not comprehend and I hold by faith what I cannot grasp with the mind. That's what it's about, guys. We have to put away this, I have to see it or, or something needs to happen for me to believe. We have to start believing the way that these people did in Scripture. There's a reason that Jesus chose these people. There's a reason that these encounters are in the Bible. It's so that it draws you into the belief that faith is more than just following somebody around. It's about building that belief up in your own life. And when you believe that Christ can do anything in your life, he will do amazing things. He's waiting for that permission to come into your life. We have a choice, and that's the choice that we have to make. He doesn't want just followers. He wants believers. He asked for our belief. He asked for our act of choice. And it's what makes the faith our faith. That's the difference between just being a part of something and then taking to heart what Christ has asked us to and the belief that he's asked us to have. So guys, look, I hear that music. This is a huge difference between walking in just something and participating and actually per having faith of your own is this great belief. So talk to Jesus about it today and ask him for those encounters in your life. So let's take it to prayer in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. Lord Jesus, belief is the difference between having great faith or merely going through the motions. How much we truly believe in you will show through our lives daily. Help us to believe in you the way that hemorrhaging woman and so many others did in the scriptures. And Lord, whenever we feel that our faith is becoming just another thing we do, encourage us to seek out encounters with you in new and profound ways. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Thanks for listening to Just a Guy in the Pew. To find out more about John Edwards or have him come to speak to your parish, group, or conference, go to justaguyinthepew.com or send us an email at justaguyinthepew at gmail.com.